0: Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Injured Reserve Podcast. This is your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. So, excuse, y- y'all have to excuse me. I know it's been, you know, two weeks since my last episode. I've been super busy with school and whatnot. But let's just jump right into it. And uh, Super Bowl 53, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the most boring Super Bowls of my lifetime. 13-3, very defensive game. Um, we knew the defense was going to be solid when it came to the, uh, the Rams, but, uh, who would have thought that New England Patriots defense was going to outplay their defense? Um, man is three to nothing at the end of the first half. Not a whole lot going on. Just man, it was boring. A little dinking and dashing here and there when it comes to Tom Brady, uh, Sony Michelle did end up turning up though uh, later on in the second half. Um, Julian Edelman, uh, a lot of receptions in that game, over 100 yards receiving. Um, uh, he had 10 receptions for 141 yards. Crox, six receptions, 87 yards. Uh, but as I was saying, Sony Michelle definitely uh, 18 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Personally, for me, I thought he should have got the MVP, not Edelman. Uh, if Sony Michelle doesn't show up in that game, um, you know what? Hey, I don't. I'm not saying New England would have lost, but it definitely it wouldn't have been 13 to three. You know, he ended up getting that. He got the only touchdown out of the entire game, and uh, the only reason why they were able to be so persistent and consistent uh, make. Uh, to stay on the field longer than the Rams was because of Sony Michelle. You know, he was he was able to average uh five yards of carry. Uh Brady did the roll pick, kinda it was uh it was tw- he was 21 to 35, 262 yards, so really nothing impressive to be honest with you. Uh his age is starting to show. This is just my from what I saw, he needs to retire, he needs to call it quits, he's 41. Um, go out right off into the sunset. You have six you have six rings. That's it, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got the six rings. Uh six titles. Uh go out like MJ. But uh he's he said he's feeling good, you know, and I don't know. I just don't see it honestly. That 21 if any other quarterback wasn't named Tom Brady 2135, then you know, it just would have been I don't know. It, do you really think Tom Brady, if Tom Brady wouldn't have got that much, uh, he wouldn't have gotten uh, as much credit as any other quarterback. So that's just me. But um, Jared Goff had a terrible game. Oh, let's put it that way: nineteen to thirty-eight, two hundred twenty-nine yards, a pick. Uh, Todd Gurley ten only ten carries thirty five yards. C.J. Anderson seven carries twenty two yards. And everyone was skeptical and criticized Sean McVay, and you know rightfully so. Um, I was wondering the entire game. I'm like, as anyone else, as is, is Todd Gurley hurt? Is how long has he been hurt uh, for the past six seven weeks? Whatever injury that he was having, he said he even told Eric Dickerson, a, a Hall of Famer and former Ram. He's like, I'm good to go. I'm 100 healthy. So I don't know what the deal was with Sean McVay. He could have done so much more with Todd Gurley. We know how elusive he is. We know uh, not just that being fast, but just to his agility and how he can fit that plate, the play uh, book. Uh, he's so versatile. So you can feed him out whether you know just as a running back or as the wideout. Uh, have CJ pound the ball a few more 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 than seven times, man. You got to pound the ball, give give these guys a chance, especially big boys like CJ Anderson. So I didn't understand that logic uh, with Coach McVay and his offense. It was just, man, it was just. If I was a Rams fan, I'd be proud of my team, but at the same time, I'd be like, you know, Sean McVay, like, what the hell was that? Uh, that, that was a very poor coaching. Uh, it was probably the worst game or uh, worst game he's ever coached. To be honest with you, he thir- thirteen. He only put up three points. And man, you have an offense with Brandon Cooks, Gurley, uh, CJ Anderson's been huge. He stepped out huge in the playoffs. But uh, I don't know. I, I I couldn't tell you what else. I don't know. It was it was so odd and. The Rams, I, I don't know. Uh, like I said, their off their defense is their thing. It was the offense. I really don't think Jared Goff is the answer. Um, he had a great season, nonetheless, but I don't know. But maybe I'm just jumping jumping uh, a little fast on Jared Goff. We'll see how he does. But he wasn't really impressive this playoff run. You know, he only threw before the Super Bowl. He had one touchdown and one interception. If they did not sign C.J. Anderson, I, I didn't, I didn't see the Los Angeles Rams going that far into the playoffs. Then uh, the only one of the reasons why they beat Dallas, let's be clear, because C.J. Anderson had over a hundred yards and so did Todd Gurley. So, but uh, I don't know. Uh, nonetheless, great season by both teams. You know, you know what I mean and. The Rams—they're young. Uh, they got a lot of young talent. Coach McVeigh's like 35, if that. But they'll—they'll they'll be back. Uh, Just—I um, don't know. Uh, he's got to look at Coach McVay's got to look at the uh, the film, see what he can could have done better. Analyze, see who to stick and not to stick with. Uh, a couple contracts are expiring, so uh, we'll we'll see. But with that being said, uh, New England 13. Los Angeles Rams, the three should have been six. They did miss a field goal uh, early in the game, but as I've seen with Tom Brady, I don't. I saw the forty-one-year-old. He looked like a forty-one-year-old quarterback out there. It was nothing really impressive, to be honest with you. Like, I was. I was still stick with my guns. I still think he's the goat. It's just you know, it's hard to argue those six rings, no doubt. But. Um, Man, it's just T 21 to 35. That's not that I wasn't impressed by Brady at all. I was I was more impressed with Edelman and Sony Michelle. That was Sony Michel should have got the MVP and not joined Edelman. That's just my my opinion of it. Sony Michelle, if he if he if he's not in that game, New England struggles. It, we might have saw a final score of 6 to 3. It was it but my god, they, they, they this this Super Bowl was um the second, uh, probably second most boring Super Bowl I've ever seen. And there's only in my 26 years, I've only, I've only seen two, you or, or I've only, out of all the Super Bowls I watched, this was only, you know, there's one other one I can recount, and that was Super Bowl, uh, I think 49 or 48, with um, the Denver Broncos and Seattle Seahawks, and Seattle just killed them like 43 to 11 or or 10 or something I don't know but Seattle killed Denver um and that was it so but uh yeah um nonetheless Super Bowl 53 is in the books now we uh have to wait (sighs) uh god awful oh god long another long six seven months until football season and uh yeah um God, now it's just a midway break point for the NBA All-Star game. That's tonight as well. And uh, we're, uh, we're going to discuss on how well the Lakers and LeBron's going to do, how that trade that didn't happen with Anthony Davis is going to affect them, how it's going to go in the offseason, and uh, discuss a little bit of Bellator as well. But you are listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. Welcome back to Engine Reserve Podcast. So the uh, this past weekend hasn't been very uh, kind to Bellator. The, uh, I love Bellator always have you know and I, they've been actually a uh, rising company. It's I love Bellator more than I do UFC. That's just my preference just because it's free. you know it's a, it's a hot it's a hot uh, MMA brand and it's free. And people are like, oh, there's a reason why it's free. It's like, it's like, look, man, the 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 promotion is it's cool, because it gives opportunity for us to see a lot of young fighters and a lot of other fighters that, you know, that allegedly allegedly claim that UFC doesn't take care of their fighters. Hence why you see, you know, guys like Benson Henderson and Roy McDonald go from UFC to Bellator. These are legitimate con- uh, contenders for their division and they're switching over. So Bellator 215 and 216 happened. Uh Bellator 215 happened on Friday uh on uh, February 15th and then last last night February 16th Bellator 216. So the main headline was Sergey Sergey Katanov versus uh Matt Mitrione. Um these these two heavyweights Sergey has been and he's He's no. Uh, for people that don't know, he's been he's been in the game for a minute. Uh, 38 years old, Russian, Russian heavyweight. Uh, he he's had notable matches and victories over guys like Pedro Rizzo and Fabricio Werdum and uh, Roy Nelson, Joey Beltran, Alistair Overeem. Things on things of his nature. So he's been he's no you know. Hey, uh, he's he's a veteran of the sport, no doubt about it. And uh, he's no pushover. He knows how to fight. Uh, he's had a lot of fights. He's uh, actually, in fact, uh, gathered a record of 28-6-2. Was 28-6-1 until Friday night where he faced Matt Mitrione. And I guess, you know, the fight is very disappointing. First round, 15 seconds. Uh, it was ended in no contest because it was an accidental groin strike. And that was the end of it the, the it, it sucks, you know, the main, um, heavy, the main headliner w- was cut short, and so, it's just, man, I don't know, it's, it, 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 that's, that's rough on a promotion, no doubt about it, you see these two heavyweights about to collide for your brand, for your brand, and the headline, um, and, you know, um, it's just, yeah, it is, that was rough. And I'm surprised, I'm surprised Sergey called it off, to be honest with you. But I was very disappointed, no doubt about it. So who knows where Bellator will go from now with him and Sergey, And then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but Matt Mitrione, uh this was his first appearance since Bellator 207 back in o- October, where he uh, he had, a, he was on a four fight win streak until he, he ran into Ryan Bader in the heavyweight t- uh, tournament uh, in the second round. He he took down Roy Nelson in the first round of the heavyweight Grand Prix and then Ryan Bader and then, you know, we know the rest is history Ryan Bader being arguably the greatest fighter of all time, cementing his legacy, you know, being a champion in not one but two divisions in the light heavyweight and heavyweight division of Bellator. So he's, he's the guy right now for Bellator. Uh, kudos to him, and then um, last night, man, uh, very very uh controversial. This is from what I saw, Michael Venom, uh, Michael Venom Page, uh, aka M. People like to call him MVP. Very um, eccentric in his fighting style, but it works, it's not a lot. He, he, I wouldn't say eccentric because a few fighters do it, like Anderson Silva, but his is more. Outgoing. He dances a lot and he's very uh creative in his uh stand up. Well, he faced on the veteran Paul Daly, and Paul Paul Daly's uh, you know, he again another dude that's no pushover, and uh very familiar uh to the Gun. And uh the, the the decision was unanimous 48 47, and I thought that was outrageous considering the fact that um you know. Paul Paul Daly took him down every single round, and he pushed the pace. He was working. He was working Michael Venom Page. So, from from what I saw, you know, in three four rounds, Paul Daly won won those rounds, and they had 48-47 decision go for Michael Page. That was um, that was outrageous. That's just that's just me. I thought that was very outrageous and very disappointing. Um, But yeah, Michael Page moves on uh, when it comes to the middleweight uh, tournament, or excuse me, uh, the welterweight grand prix. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I I didn't agree with it. Uh, uh, The highlights are on YouTube. Bellator shows all their highlights, which is another dope thing about their brand. And then uh, also last night, Mirko Krokop versus Roy Nelson. Krokop was able just to work Roy Nelson. I think Roy Nelson is coming to the end of the road of his career. Uh, you know, man, he used to be that big boy that just knocked people out. He was fun and entertaining. He used to have a chin on him too, but he don't have that chin anymore. Um, that used to be kind of his go-to because I remember when early in his career when he faced Junior DeSantos before DeSantos became a heavyweight champion. UFC, uh, Him and uh, Roy Nelson went at it. And DeSantos was laying big haymakers and jabs and kicks on Roy Nelson. And Roy was just eating those things up, man. And he had no problem. So that's when he was, you know, he had a big chin with a big gut. But, man, he could fight. But uh, Marco Crocop did work on him. Uh not really entertaining to be honest with you and the Chet Congo versus Vidal Mit M- <laughs> I probably messed up that name. He that was for the heavyweight uh, matchup and he won as well. Chet Kongo. On uh he's on a bit of a hot streak right now. Yeah, he, uh he's doing really good for himself. Um man for uh the 43-year-old, he's he's on a hot streak. He's 30 and 10 and 2 in his MMA career. And uh, he hasn't lost since 2015. So, uh, he's on an eight-fight win streak. He's doing a phenomenal job for, uh, within Bellator, and he's doing work, man. He's doing work. Uh, I think um, he even, uh, you know, he kicked his name out there and challenged Ryan Bader. So that's probably the next fight. It, it would make sense. Uh, Chuck Congo versus uh, Ryan Bader. Uh, I would love to see it, and I think a lot of the fans would like to see it. It would only make sense. He's 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 on an eight-fight-win streak, hasn't lost in four years. It's it's time to give that man, uh, you know, uh, some honor and respect. Uh, he's always deserved honor and respect, but it's time. You know, he's 43 years old, so who knows how much longer he's going to be doing this. So it's it would be just righteous to give him that heavyweight uh, title shot in Bellator. And... Uh, whether he wins, loses, or draws, that's up to him. However, he wants to ride out in the sunset. But can't go out a better way than you know, going for a title shot. But uh, with that being said, uh, I, I'm sure we'll see a Ryan Bader versus Chet Congo uh, in one of the other Bellator events. But, again, like I said, Paul Daly got ripped off. He should have – that was Michael – That's to me, that's going to be an asterisk next to Michael Venom-Page's uh, win column. Uh, that's an asterisk. Paul Daly, he worked him. He won three, maybe four rounds against Michael Page. And that's uh, – they, they robbed Paul Daly, no doubt about it. This past weekend for Bellator was very meh. To be honest with you, if I had to get a rating out of 10, I'd probably give it a 5 not not and that's not there's nothing taken away from the brand because they've had a lot of you know good fights over this past year 2018 and uh the start of 2019 so and now tonight actually uh ufc fight night can velasquez makes his uh octagon return as well uh he'll be facing francis nagano uh who's a heavyweight freak of nature um I'm kinda iffy. I'm a fan of Cain Velasquez and he hasn't fought in a year and a half. He hasn't fought since July of twenty sixteen. I mean Christ, I was still in the service at that time. I got out I mean, I got out like a month later. But I was still in the army when Cain Velasquez uh that when that was his last fight. He beat Travis Brown, in a technical knockout at UFC two hundred. Uh the fight before that he lost to Fabricio Werdum on submission for uh, and he lost the heavyweight championship, and man, he was on a tear. You know, the thing is, it's been iffy these past few years because you know, man, he 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 can't like really stay consistently healthy. But man, if you look at his record. This dude's a bad man. Uh, 14 wins, only two losses. Uh, the first legitimate loss after he beat Brock Lesnar and won the title. Uh, face junior de santos and i remember i remember this because it was ufc on fox Velasquez versus de santos and it was the very first ufc premiere of ufc on fox november 12th of 2011 and oddly enough uh myself and a couple of my friends doing some uh you know uh quote unquote legal drinking at the time at central michigan i was down there and we watched that fight i'll never forget that and um And then after that, um, Kane ended up redeeming himself and ended up just going on the tear, beating Antonio Bigfoot Silva and then getting his rematch with DeSantos and beat him and won the, gained the title back and then faced Bigfoot Silva again and knocked him out again. And then DeSantos again, and then he not, and, uh, he beat, he actually ended up knocking out DeSantos the second time. He won by decision, uh, the first time for his first, uh, heavyweight title defense so and then um then he faced Fabrizio Verdum at UFC 188 June of 2015 and he lost the heavyweight championship submission guillotine and then um then he came back long-awaited return 11 months later and beat Travis Brown UFC 200 and that was it so he's been like and he's just he's been just you know he be training then he gets hurt, he's got a bad back or a knee issue. But UFC on ESPN 1 against Francis Nagano tonight. I uh and um if anyone, uh, excuse me. It's uh so it's Francis Nagano versus Can Velasquez. And anyone that doesn't know Francis Nagano, um like as I said earlier, he's just a heavyweight freak of nature. He's 12 and 3. But, man, this dude has heavy hands like none other. Um, noticeable victories. Alistair Overeem, Andrei Evlowski, uh, all By all of knockout, by the way. Uh, his only two losses were, you know, uh, Stipe Miocic. Uh, Miocic, I think. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, for the UFC heavyweight championship. And uh, <laughs> he lost by decision. And then Derek Lewis by decision. But uh, other than that, he beat uh, recently Curtis Blades uh, back in November. And, um oh, man, he's a, he's a bad dude. He's, a, he's known for those heavy hands, no doubt. So and he's got a hell of a chin. All his, all his, 12, dubs, his 12 dubs, though, have been by, by a, a knockout or submission. So either way, there's a good chance you'll see him finish the fight. So I'm really curious how this is going to go down. Um, if anything, if I, I want, my heart says Cain Velasquez, but I think he's been out the octagon for too long when you've been out the octagon since June of 2016. And, uh, man, it's been, God, uh, let me phrase that. Cause I totally, I lose track of my years. Uh, since I think I said earlier, he's been out for a year and a half. It's longer than that. So, or excuse me, July of 2016, Cain last Quest, Travis Brown, UFC 200. So take that. So it's been. Golly. Oh, uh, God. It's 2019 now. So he's. Jesus. So. Do, 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 five. So he's been out. Oh, God. Oh. Um, God. I'm trying to do this in months. But it's been two years and some change. Put it that way. Man, he's, God, he's, that's a long, that's a long, either way, I mean, being outside outside the octagon for over two years and some change in your last fight, that's um, that's a long time, especially to, that's a, a you know, go, going against a heavyweight freight train like Francis Nagano, that's a, man, that's, that's tough, that's tough, and I don't think my, like I said, my heart, I want to go with Kane, but if I'm a betting man, I take Francis Nagano in that, you know for that fight so that's just me uh but with that being said i'm gonna take a quick little break you and you are listening to engine reserve podcast Welcome back to the Reserve Podcast. So, the Los Angeles Lakers are one and <clears throat> excuse me, are one and three in the last four games. Now, now they got some time to you know be content a little bit, take a break. You know it's All Star Weekend and Charlotte, uh, the All Star game is tonight, and um, it's just. Uh, only thing is this they need a big break because the last four games have been really rough you know they got a solid victory at boston 129 128 but then and then all the other games they, they lose to you know the, the atlanta hawks have been trashed sort of uh but i mean the <laughs> I, i'm i trying i'm trying to be like that uh, uh how can i say this uh they, they, let's be real. The Atlanta Hawks are trash. They're 19-38. I'm trying to be, like, skeptical about this, but it's hard. You know, the 76ers, okay. Philly, Philly's Philly. You know, they, we, we know how the 76ers are and how they run things now. But they, they lose to them by 23, 143 to 120. They lose to the Pacers, 136-94. And the Pacers are Pacers. they meh. But you lose to the Hawks by four. And... <laughs> You you lose to Trey Young, whose shooting percentage is 40% this year. So man, there's a problem. There's a problem, and we all know. I think this is what's gonna happen. They're gonna end the season. They'll barely make a playoff spot. They're 10th in the Western Conference right now. They'll get an eight or seventh seed. They'll be one and done. And after that, Luke Walton will get fired. They'll try and find someone else. So so Luke Walton will be the scapegoat for LeBron James and yada, yada, yada. And the GM and everyone else, they're going to, Magic Johnson's got to eye up Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie supposedly, you know, wants to join LeBron again, but we'll see how that tends to work out. But we know come summertime, you know, uh, the are going to put Anthony Davis on ice, basically, I think. And, um, yeah, and um, L.A.'s got to unload the boat for Anthony Davis. So, yeah, I don't know. Either way, the, uh, the Lakers, uh, in LeBron's 15th season, he's got this season maybe one more, and then he'll start to assault. Father Tom's going to catch up. It happens to the goats. It, it happens. Uh, I'm not saying he is the goat, but I'm saying to, to, to the greatest of all times to Larry Birds, to the Magic Johnsons, the My- Michael Jordans, Alan Iverson. It happens to all of them. Eventually, they get old. Their body starts to break down. No matter how much money you spend a year taking care of your body, eventually, your body's going to be like, it's time to go. I've had enough. You've played over. A hundred thousand minutes, or however it is you've been playing in the career since 2003, it's time to go and ride right off into the sunset. So, with that being said, uh, the Lakers will have, you know, they'll be relevant in the NBA for one more year or two, and then LeBron's gonna be. You know, eventually he's going to call it quits. And I think he really wants to play with his son, though. That's the thing. His son has a lot of potential, I guess, to make it to the NBA. His oldest son, I should say. But I don't know. I mean, that'd be interesting and cool to see. But I, I don't know, man. <laughs> um, he would have to be playing up until his 18th, 19th season. but, And I realize he does he does, like, LeBron... He puts on like a million dollars in the offseason just for his body, which is amazing and impressive. That is nuts. I think he does one of those chirogenic chambers or whatever. It's like the, I don't know what it is exactly, but somehow, you know, heals your body. I don't know the science behind all that. But, um, with that being said, uh, Luke Walton, scapegoat, LeBron James will be fine. (laughs) Um, Uh, They'll be one and done in the playoffs. They're 10th in the Western Conference. If they miss the playoffs, I'd be really surprised. And then uh, Lonzo Ball will go somewhere else. No one wants to deal with Lonzo Ball uh, because his dad has confidence (coughs) out of this world. I love his dad, but man, his dad's going to be the downfall of his son. Lonzo, he's shooting 40%. He's trash. He can't make free throws. Um He's he's done. People need to stop riding the Lonzo ball train. It's over. Um, Brandon Ingram cool, Kuzma cool, but I think they'll trade them in the off season to get Anthony Davis. So with that being said, man, it's just ugh. this the tra- this th- that the fact that this trade didn't go down. It's going to be a long season for LA. They needed to get Anthony Davis. LeBron can't work with this type of crew. He's never been able, like he's always worked with all stars who can produce on their own. He doesn't, he doesn't have to evolve them. He doesn't have to develop them. He doesn't have to challenge them. He doesn't make, you know, other players around him better. Players always have to e- evolve around his play style, you know. And um, same thing with Kobe Bryant. He was never one to develop players. Um, <clears throat> LeBron has always had all stars like Antoine Jameson. Um, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, Shaquille O'Neal. you know, he's, he's, he's had a, he's always had a solid supporting cast. His his first three, I would say his first two, three seasons in Cleveland, he, he was kind of on his own. And then they started to pick up the pace, you know, and they picked up guys like, you know, at the time, Larry Hughes was hot in Washington. He was averaging 20 points a game. They brought him to Cleveland, and the, the mechanics between him and LeBron didn't work out because, you know, it just, it, I don't know. It, like I said, LeBron isn't good at developing players. He needs players that are already developing. That's just not his go-to. You know, with Michael Jordan, he made everyone better around him. Um, Scottie Pippen would not be relevant if it wasn't for Michael Jordan. Scottie Pippen came out of Central Arkansas, and uh, he, he challenged Scottie Pippen. That was the first legitimate all-star Michael Jordan had. And um, he he made he made guys like Tony Coat Coach and uh, Horace Grant relevant. And you know, once Michael retired and those guys get did the whole thing, did their their own thing, you um, never heard from him again. Scottie Pippen, he tried to be the guy one year, you know, when Michael left to go play baseball back in the 94 season, uh, He tried to be the guy and he couldn't. He hated it. The reason why, because he just wanted to play ball. But at the same time, Scottie Pippen wanted to be the superstar and he kind of envied Michael, but it got on his nerves because, you know, he felt what it was like to be Michael Jordan when it came to the social, you know, not social media, but the media aspect. Every single day, every game, every practice, you know, being interviewed 24 hours a day. It's like, all right, you're the guy now. So you want to be the guy, this is what you have to do and he hated that he just wanted to play basketball that's it you know what I mean I think Kyrie Irving hates that and that that kind of gets on his nerves when he went to when he headed to Boston so there's certain you know players that you know that it takes a minute to to mature uh not their play style but somewhat is more of uh their attitude and um they got realized they you know take a back seat and they have no problem with that. They just want to ball out and um Scotty Pippen again tried to do that when you know when Michael retired a uh second time after their back-to-back three peats Chica- in Chicago <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> after the ninety-eight season, Scotty went to Portland and he tried to be that guy. And again, it it didn't happen. Why? It's cause <laughs> It showed in the 2000 playoffs when they faced the Los Angeles Lakers. They were up 15 with a little bit under 10 minutes to play in the fourth quarter. They had a chance to beat the Lakers. And uh, Kobe and Shaq went on a tear. And Scottie Pippen choked. And that's the significant difference between Scottie Pippen and Michael. If Michael was on that team, that would have never happened. That 15-point lead in the fourth quarter against the Los Angeles Lakers. And Michael blown that lead. That ain't going to happen. No way, no how. So... And, you know, so it's just... LeBron James, hey, he's a top 10 player all time. No doubt about it. He's the the paint manning of the NBA. He's got to put up stats. He's going to break records, this and that. Cool. But he's not going to be as accomplished, you know, as accomplished and has more, uh, I guess, how can I say, more accomplishments and titles and rings, things of that nature. That's just... It's it's like Michael Jordan is Tom Brady, LeBron James is Peyton Manning. You got the accomplishments versus the uh, the stat breaker thing, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. It's just you know it is what it is. So so, <coughs> uh, but the Lakers right now they're currently sitting in the West in, in the uh, at the tenth seed. But uh, still, still a lot of ball to play. A lot of ball, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of balling to play left. They're 28-29. But uh, this is what LeBron James wanted. This is his first taste of the Western Conference, and I think he's realizing, like, man, he's like, if I would have stayed in Cleveland, <laughs> they they probably, they'd be sitting, they'd be sitting well in the Eastern Conference. They'd probably be sitting at, at like a third or fourth seed somewhere around there but um man <laughs> it's just uh when it comes to the trying to get that 8 seed clippers are 32 and 27 when it comes to the 8 seeds in the eastern conference pistons are 26 and 30 so that's a significant difference when it comes to the conference play so but um it's uh, i think um i kind of feel bad for lebron but at the same time this is this is what I think, you know, this was his mindset after, you know, that 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 finals loss against Golden State. He's like everyone says I can't do this and that when it, if I played in the Western Conference. He's like, "Well, I'll go here, but uh, right now it ain't looking too solid for him." But uh he knew what he was getting himself into with the roster with the Los Angeles Lakers. But uh, it's it's like I said, there's a lot of balling left, you know, 28, 29 so that's 49-57, so they got 25 games left, so, but, uh, I don't know, it's, like I said, I think they'll get that 8-7 seed, I'd be surprised if they do miss the playoffs, though, I I would really be surprised, no doubt, no doubt, but, uh, uh, excuse me, but, uh, With that being said, I'm going to take a quick little break and you are listening to Engine Reserve Podcast. Welcome back to Injury Preserve Podcast, and this will be the final segment of the day. So, I know I'm probably a little late on this, but I'm going to bring it up anyhow. I finally was able to, you know, scope out Dragon Ball Super, uh, the newest movie, Dragon Ball Super uh, Broly. Uh, not exactly, can't remember the title, but the new Broly movie for Dragon Ball Super was phenomenal. Loved it. <coughs> I give it an 8 out of 10. I probably would have gave it a 10 out of 10. If the ending wasn't so anticlimactic, that's just my personal uh preference of it. But uh I do like how at the same time they did kind of end it and it's gonna be uh canon in the series. So that's pretty dope. Um it man, it was just it was cool. Is it uh it's odd because they still add they added like the 90s style animation. Oh while I don't know, just better color lighting. I don't I don't know how to uh, describe it. I don't it's uh it's eccentric, put it that way. But um uh, it is a phenomenal movie, very I I loved it from start to finish. And and it was cool to see the origins of um of the you know how things came about. I love the origins of this Broly than the than the other Broly movie that they did. A lot more better. The premise was sweet. It was dope to see a very young Frieza and you know uh Vegeta's father and uh Bardock Goku's father and it it was sweet on how they did the flashbacks this and that and um it was dope it was I really enjoyed it definitely enjoyed it definitely recommend it to all my anime fans out there um (coughs) but uh it's uh I'm really curious and uh I'm really curious how they're gonna uh, intertwine this uh, uh, Broly now that he's canon in the Dragon Ball Super series, and um, I'm really, I'm really hyped for that. Um, I don't know when they're coming back. I'm not sure they, but they did say Dragon Ball Super <clears throat> is not over, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about that as well because I, I, I enjoyed the new characters that they had when it came to the tournament of power, you know, with Jiren. From Universe 11 or whatever it was, and Hit I, Hit was probably my favorite character out, out, out of the Dragon Ball Super series. So it was, it was, it's really, it's gonna be sweet. I'm really curious how they're gonna do this type of work now. Um, I'm just glad, I'm glad they're back. It's it's dope. It's it's fun to watch. It's like you know, that childhood nostalgia that made a comeback. But if any, if anyone you know doesn't want to wait for that, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm pretty. Like that, to be honest with you, Dragon Ball Z was the only anime that I watched growing up. And then, other than that, it was pretty much the Batman anime series and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in wrestling. <laughs> that was it. So, any of my anime fans that are, are kind of like me, or if you're ahead of me, please, I, I take suggestions right now. You know, uh, <laughs> I just, I pretty much binge watched Letter Kenny problems. If anyone does has not, watch that I definitely suggest that it's on Hulu it's funny as hell definitely recommend Letter Kenny Problems but when it comes to uh, to anime I recently you know I finished the first Naruto uh, manga or series how you want to say it now um, I'm on Naruto Shippuden and then uh, I'm also uh, into Bleach now I just started <coughs> I just started Bleach actually I just started the first season so I'm only like eight 10 episodes in somewhere around there, but I'm really enjoying Bleach. Um uh it's been a minute since I watched no- Naruto Shippuden, to be honest with you, but bleach is my main squeeze right now. I'm really enjoying that. And uh but like I said, I'm open to any suggestions or anyone. Uh, my roommate's been watching One Piece, he's really enjoying that. He's rewatching it actually, because he watched it back when it was in it was hot in high school, so but uh only thing I really don't like about anime man is there's so many episodes. Like, Dragon Ball Z was, like, two, three hundred, but, golly, man, I look at some of these, like, uh, I think, Bleach has a lot, too, I think, but One Piece has, like, damn near a thousand episodes, it's like, that's a lot of episodes, that's a lot of seasons, Um but uh, eventually I'm going to work on Cowboy Bebop because I heard that's a classic, uh, one of the all-time classics in anime. And I just like how it's just—it's literally just one season and that's it. And I guess they had a movie and it was phenomenal as well. So I'm going to scope that out as well. But again, uh, Dragon Ball Super Movie, phenomenal, 8 out of 10, loved it. Check it out for all my anime nerds out there. Um, recently, I'm currently watching Bleach. And as I said, any of my listeners out there, if you got any suggestions, feel free to voice your opinion. Uh, and anything else. I'd love anyone else's input when it comes to the, <clears throat> the anime world. But uh, with that being said, uh, I appreciate everyone listening. I'm sorry that, you know, my episodes have been coming out as frequent. The school's been wild lately. Wild lately, excuse me. But uh, with that being said, um, I hope everyone, you know... Um, uh, has a, <laughs> excuse me. Hope everyone had a great weekend. And, uh, this is the Engine Reserve Podcast. This is Mitch Anderson signing off. Y'all have a great day.